0: central texas it's the best of the outdoor show with your host dustin von warnke welcome to the show today thank you so much for downloading this podcast and for tuning in to what we have to show today and this is kind of a nichified podcast this particular one is because it is for people that are looking to start or grow an outdoor show uh, tv show internet show whatever you want to call it what they basically are looking for is some kind of blueprint for getting started, and that's why I did this interview with my friend and mentor Bill Henson from the Mac and Prowler TV show. And Bill and I go way back a few years uh, to when I started as a marketing director for the Mac and Prowler TV show, and um, we have a lot of fun talking to each other on the on the phone, you know, on a weekly basis. And I just kind of thought, you know, what we should just record a podcast, and this is the first of many podcasts to come. Um, We should record a podcast for somebody that is looking to just break into the TV world of hunting, fishing, and the great outdoors as far as the TV show goes. And today you can have a TV show in so many different realms. You can have one on the internet, you can have one on um, cable or satellite TV, you could have one as well on a um, regional television network that uh, just comes on in certain states or certain cities. There's so many different directions you can go with uh, video today. And um, especially with the internet being where it is today, you have the situation of people you know, having shows that are totally done on YouTube or totally done on a sponsor's channel on YouTube. And I just interviewed a group of... Uh, bass fly fisherman that had a video um, channel on youtube for one of their sponsors and uh, it's very well done the production quality is really there and that's what we're going to talk about today so i've got an interview with bill prowler henson i'm your host dustin Warnke. we're going to have a lot of fun with this i will mention later in the podcast in this interview that i've written a book called the outdoor tv show's guide to the industry that book is available on amazon kindle or you can get the PDF directly from my website at dustinsprojects.com that's d u s t i n s p r o j e c t s.com and if you're looking for a good starting point on what to look for the book is really easy to read it's a really quick read it's about i want to say 40,000 words or so And uh, I wrote it in uh, actually about three weeks, uh, a couple of years ago, when I just had recorded a video on YouTube about starting an outdoor show, and that video got a lot of uh, views on it, and I just decided that that book was there to help people, and that's exactly why I recorded it, Uh, I'm sorry, wrote it, and uh, started recording this podcast, is because I know there is a niche of... People That are interested in that particular genre of getting started in a hunting show or a fishing show or otherwise outdoor show So Bill's going to walk us through the equipment him and I talk a lot on the phone So we sometimes talk over each other and I apologize for that We're just used to doing that because we kind of get on the same wavelength sometimes But I hope you enjoy this uh, this podcast today uh, So you want to start an outdoor show Here's my interview with Bill
1: Joining me today is Bill prowler henson from the mac and prowler show and i'm really excited to have you on how you doing today bill simply marvelous how about you that's awesome man better than i deserve like usual and um (laughs) uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um so you want to start a hunting show or a fishing show or some kind of outdoor show what the elements look like that go into that and uh bill i'll let you take it from there
2: well i've been producing television shows now for about 13 years, there's a few things that you need to know up front. If you're wanting to start a television show, no matter if it's a fishing show, a hunting show, whatever, first thing you need to know is who is your audience and what kind of equipment do I need and how good am I at editing? What good am I or how can I? (laughs) Let me restate that. How good (laughs) am I at editing? the footage that has already been shot uh editing is everything but you got to have good equipment to be able to make a good tv show yeah. in other words you need to buy the best camera that you can buy if you're going to be on, on satellite tv you need to buy the best hd camera available that that you can afford if you're going to be on the internet website stuff well the camera does not have to be quite as good and you can save a lot of money by buying prosumer products rather than professional products so okay, explain that canon. a little bit
1: more explain that right. a little bit more
2: the can I, I'm, I'm going to use canon as an example because that's what i shoot uh the canon xf 305 and that's a model number is a high definition camera and it is uh you can get them down for about 8 or 9000 dollars a piece wow they have professional audio and all that kind of stuff and the the lens is just very good and they shoot fairly well in low light situations and that's one of the things that's so critical about shooting hunting television shows how much light do i need but in fishing, it's really not as important because most of the time when you're fishing, you're out on a lake or a pond or whatever, and, and usually the sun is up by then. The witching hour in the morning and in the evenings when you're hunting is when the sun has not come up and it's dusk dawn and or dusk dark. And that's where this camera really pays off. Now, if you're shooting for the Internet, you can get by with, some of their prosumer models, which are called Dixia, and that's VIXIA, that's V I X I A, and they will shoot fair at best in low light, but with plenty of light, they are an awesome camera to use because you can I've run noticed. all the. If-
1: go ahead. I'm sorry, Bill.
2: You, you can you can go ahead and run the the f stop up and and the shutter speed up, and you can change all this kind of stuff. But that gets into another ball game. The one I mean thing that
1: is, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The the one thing that I've noticed is the newer the camera, the better the low light sensitivity yes. or resolution, and so on and so forth. I'm noticing that on even some of the lower end consumer models of cameras that they are uh, coming in with uh, with better low light uh, sensitivity, if you want to call it that.
2: Exactly, and we're going to get into that uh, at a later time when we break this down and start talking just the equipment you need. Sure but, uh, right now, I'm just saying, as generalization get the best camera that you can get the next most important thing that you can have is a good tripod, and we're talking equipment now. we'll get into the other venues or values later on, but uh, a tripod you you have got to have a good fluid head tripod, and it's got to be able to hold your camera weight. And a good tripod, like a Manfrotto with a 501 head on it, that's probably the cheapest thing that you're going to use as far as holding a big camera. Now, if you're using ProSumer cameras, you can get, uh, you can get just about anything with a good fluid head and it will work fine because it's a lightweight camera. But a good Manfrotto with a 501 fluid head on it is a good tripod to start with.
1: How much and, would one of those run?
2: Anywhere from three hundred and fifty to six hundred and fifty dollars depending on the legs that you desire to go with the tripod legs that you desire. Now uh you can spend as much money as you want to. I have tripods that cost one hundred and fifty dollars and I got some that cost thirty five hundred dollars. But uh like I say I've been doing this for thirteen years and every now and then when you're needing to do a real stable shot at as far as the camera will zoom and you want it to be stable and you have to move to follow the animal, you need a very, very good tripod. Otherwise, it's going to be glitchy or whatever. And what I mean by glitchy is that you'll pan the camera to the right or to the left, and that's move the camera right or left trying to follow the animal or whatever it is that you're filming. And if it doesn't have a good fluid head on it, it will be jerky. You'll move a little bit and the camera will jerk. Well, the camera's actually not jerking. It's the tripod causing the problem. So the best tripod that you can afford, and you can usually get any of these at a good camera shop. And if you have a question about what to get, you can always email me or Dustin, and and we'll be glad to tell you what we use or where you can get it online.
1: Great. That's awesome.
2: The next thing that you need is a good microphone. The microphone on your camera is not good enough. On any camera is not good enough. The best movie that you can make with your video camera, if you do not have a good tripod, is nothing more than a good silent movie. (laughs) Audio is everything. Just like video is everything.
1: And you can't edit with a good with a if you don't have a good audio or video you know product it's hard to edit and make kind of a first out of a thousand. Years. Is that right?
2: That is very correct. If you if you start editing and you have shot a scene that's so important to you you think oh man this is the best thing that that I've seen since Garrett Snuff. Well, guess what? If you don't have the right equipment, that thing may be too dark, it may be grainy, it may look like it's got, uh, snow falling all in it and everything else. That's the camera, that's lighting. You may have a jerk right in the middle of it, or you move the camera too quickly, or the camera tripod was stuck because it was cold. Uh, all of those things play a factor. And then you've got audio that You've got, let's say we're, we're filming a turkey. I'm just going to use that as, as an example. You've got a gobbler coming in at 100 yards and he gobbles. If you're using the microphone on the camera, you're not going to hear that. He's probably going to be about 35 or 40 yards go- gobbling before you'll actually pick it up on a camera microphone. But with a good shotgun mic, Now, there's two different mics that I'm fixing to talk about now, but a shotgun mic is a very directional mic, and it does not pick up the audio out on the sides very well. It's just what's in front of the mic, directly in front of the mic. Now, you can pick that turkey up at 100 yards with that microphone. Wow. And then you have a good lavalier or lapel mic, as a lot of people like to call them. Uh, Sennheiser makes the best microphones, in my opinion. They're they're expensive, but they're very good, and they last a long time. I've got two Sennheiser shotgun mics, and they both are probably at least ten years old now, and they they've run through the mill. And on top of the microphone, we have what is called a windscreen or windsock. On windy days, you can get different. sounds from your microphone because the wind's hitting it and creating wind noise in your microphone is a (laughs) whirring sound and it's very distracting it's not very professional well if you want to be more professional you get a good 30 mile an hour wind socket put on your microphone and it helps cut out wind up to approximately 20-25 miles an hour that's a lot of work i am yeah, and that's a lot of wind. Now I have a 30 mile an hour wind sock on one of my microphones. I also have a 15 mile an hour wind sock on another microphone, and the wind just barely is blowing. And I want to be good, crisp audio. Where Mac and I are sitting there talking, or or you and I are sitting there talking to the camera to the people on, that's going to be watching our video. Within, well, I will use the wind sock that fits that particular um, uh, instance. Right. And those are the main things, that, the three main categories that for equipment to start with. Now, this is just in the filming process. We haven't even got the editing yet. But in the filming process, there's three things that you need. You need a good camera, a good tripod, a good microphone, the best that you can afford.
1: And, and not go for a better. So I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll talk for a minute about wireless microphones because especially if you're having an interview or a conversation with somebody and you don't have a shotgun mic, you know how does that work?
2: Well, a wireless microphone is strictly that. That's
1: what we call a lavalier lapel mic, and you hook put the
2: microphone
1: in on
2: the person's shirt or vest or their hunting coat or whatever. If the wind's blowing, you can put it under their coat or under their vest. As long as they're not moving, it won't you won't hear any sound scratches and you won't hear the wind and it's not hooked to the camera it does not have a wire it runs to, from the microphone to the camera it sends a signal from the wireless microphone to a receiver that you hook to the camera and they're both battery powered battery operated and a good samsung makes a very good one. now i i have i also use uh uh other forms of microphone other companies but Samsung makes one that is is very nice for the outdoor industry. Right. And the reason I say that is is that you can turn your back to the wind if the wind is blowing, and the audio coming that you're capturing is still good, crisp, and clean. If there is no wind, it's it's perfect. It's just a real good, sturdy outdoor microphone. It works off of a 9-volt battery. For the transmitter and a 9 volt battery for the receiver. And that's what I use for interviews. And usually, one microphone is enough. One wireless microphone is enough. Unless you got more than three people talking. And, uh, because it will pick up everything that everybody says within about a five yard range. Now, they may be a little bit. Wider sounding, in other words, the audio level, the DB level may be not up as high as the person who's actually wearing the microphone. But that also gives you character in your interview because you're showing that that person a little bit further away from whoever who is being centered in the conversation. If, uh, if I have a guest on my show, that is the person that I wire, I put the microphone on. Because that's the person that I'm wanting to promote. I'm wanting the people to see if it's a 16 year old girl or a 70 year old man. And I know that I have a voice that I know how to project and I can carry my voice can carry it real easy. Well, Mac is the same way. He carries his voice real. It, the microphones pick it up real easy. So it's not a big deal for us to be standing shoulder to shoulder and carrying on the conversation with uh, a third party. One microphone right. works perfect for that. And the same thing with your voice, Dustin. you got a deep voice, yeah. and you project whenever you talk. And a lot of people are intimidated, and they don't tend to project too well. But uh those are some of the things that you get into later on down the road. It's just the microphones. There's There's two microphones that you need. One's a shotgun mic for the actual hunting scene. Uh, it's not so much for the fishing, but it does work real good for fishing also because you can connect it directly to your camera, not use the camera mic. Well, Dustin, one of the things that I think is very important about a TV show is you got to know who your audience is. And if you're fishing or hunting or whatever, you know, it's the outdoor, the outdoor industry and you're wanting to touch the lives of experienced hunters, you hunters, young young people, women, kids, just old people, or is it everybody? You know, and I'm considered one of the old people, man.
1: <laughs> I don't think that you're young at heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: yeah. Therefore, it with these with these things in mind, who's my audience? That's going to give you an idea of how you want to edit.
1: Well, and let me share with my with my experience. When I first started editing video and doing, you know, my own content, uh, I had no idea how many young people would be watching. And um I'm right. am amazed at how many, you know, how many young even preteen kids, you know, that watch my videos and comment on them on YouTube and you know different different realms like that. So,
2: right? And that's the same thing when we went to Philadelphia you know around here we don't show our show on television. But uh when we go off somewhere it's we're signing autographs everywhere we go. And you'll be surprised it's mostly kids that come, oh, Mr. Prowler or Mr Mr. Mike, know, what's your autograph? Wow. It's
1: a great feeling, isn't it?
2: it? It it is. The first one is always a shock,
1: you know, Right.
2: What I, what I do, you know. <laughs> and uh then invariably we'll be going to Walmart or something, there'll be uh just well just the other day I was here in uh at in, in my hometown, and a young child came up to me, probably seven, eight years old, and had his little brother in, with his hand who was probably, I'm going to say four to five, ran up and he said, aren't you Mr. Prowler? And I said, yes, I am. He said, we'd like to have your autograph. Wow. We'd like to get a picture made by your vehicle outside. So they had seen my vehicle, and they came in <laughs> looking for me is what it was. Wow. So we went outside, we signed an autograph, and I took a picture of him or we took a picture with me and the two boys and their dad by the uh, our vehicle that we drive. And, you know, it's got the wrap on it and all that kind of stuff. Well, those kids, just they just made their day that I took the time out to take the time to spend some time with these kids because that's the future of hunting. I, uh, I I don't think anything about it. And then, it was, you know, the dad come over to me and said, I appreciate you taking this extra time just to talk to these boys because they just idolize you and Mac. And He said, we go to your website five times a week. Wow. Every evening after supper, they read their Bible, and then they go to our website, and they pick out a TV show and watch it.
1: Mm. Wow. Of course,
2: they're getting to know who Dustin is now, too. <laughs> oh,
1: that's true. <laughs> I'm on there a lot. Yeah. That's right.
2: Well, in editing... Let's touch on editing real quick. Editing is the hardest thing you do in video. Agreed. It's just as important as everything else. There are free programs out there if you're going to use the Internet. If you're not going to use the Internet and you're going to do satellite TV, you need to have a a very good editing system. I personally use Premiere, Adobe Premiere, uh, CS 5.1 and six and whatever else is available. That's the newest models. And that's about, it. I use that exclusively. Now, I know you use another platform. What's, what's the one that you use?
1: Uh, track PC pro, a T R A K A X pro. And that's a program developed out of Ireland. And, uh, a lot of YouTube tutorials on how to do it. And I, I learned how to had a video back in 2011 with Marty McIntyre and GarQuest. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty user-friendly program. It's it's not as fancy as Premiere is, but uh, the cost is less than $100 for that program. Now, one thing I was going to say about editing is Premiere, you can get on the cloud with Adobe now, which you didn't use to be able to do, and right. pay a monthly fee to get it access to the cloud and all the other suite of the creative suite of programs and so on and so forth. I wanted to mention that, too. Well, usually,
2: when you get the Adobe suite, you're going to pay a couple thousand dollars for it, yeah. And it's it's real expensive, um, but if you're going to do it professionally or you're going to put a show on satellite TV, and I'm talking with the dish networks and those kind of things, right. and cable and all that other. You need a very good editing system. Yes. And there's, there's a lot of good ones out there, and you can buy a whole lot cheaper than Adobe, but I just don't think that they have the... Uh, the editing skills available with the programs and the software that Adobe does. And there's some more expensive more expensive than Adobe out there. Oh, I'm sure. That's just one that I started with and I stuck with for all these years. And I've upgraded every time that they come out with a new one.
1: And we can say pretty safely, Bill, that, that there are a lot of folks that, you know, that's all they've ever used that are on TV, you know, and that's yeah. what a, a majority of outdoor show folks you know, like to use after effects and all that other stuff that you can get into with Adobe. Yeah.
2: So Well, you know, if we talked editing, we could talk for for years because oh, I'm dear. still learning and I've been doing it for thirteen years. And uh but there's a there's a steep learning curve using something like what I use as versus to what you use. Right. And there's still a pretty steep learning curve on what you use. Because I cannot use what you use.
1: <laughs> it's what you're used to, right? Yeah. yeah,
2: it's just no, what you good. get used to. So let's, they're, they're, let's talk a little bit about about editing. Sure. We're going to have an opening for the show. You've got to have an opening for every show. You've got to have a close. You've got to have the body. If you have an opening, body, and a closing, the body, you should share your experience. You should educate the people that's watching your uh, show. And it should be fun. The opening and closing won't change a whole lot, but the body is where everything is at. It is the most critical, the most important of all. Uh, Because you're wanting to educate, share your experience, share your excitement, and entertain. You want to entertain your public at the same time. If you go in there just to make a TV show and to educate... Without any entertainment, you will not make a very good television show. People today want to be entertained.
1: They want all three, really. They want education. They want entertainment. Yep. They want you know. They want exactly. story. They want all of it, and I talk about that in the ebook that I wrote. You know, shameless plug, but <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah, those those three elements definitely need to be. In
2: well, there. a good a good thing for anyone that's going to be that is interested in making. And starting a TV show and videotaping your hunting, your outdoor experience, your fishing, your camping, your mountain climbing, whatever the case may be, that is a good ebook. That is a good resource. Thank you. Because it covers all of the aspects and it's a good starting point, is what it is. You're going you're, you're gonna to learn some message. You're going to be in, in mind overload pretty quick. Because you cover everything in there. Uh, for instance, promoting the sponsors. See, we hadn't even got to that yet. Right. If you don't promote your sponsors, you're not going to stay on there very long. You're not going to stay on TV very long unless you're rich. And there's very few of us that that are rich. But basically, on a on a TV show, you're wanting to tell your story. Now, one of the things that we do that a lot of people does in this industry does not do, is that we incorporate our advertisements into the TV show. In other words, we don't go out unless our sponsor demands it. We don't go out and shoot a commercial for, let's say, Olympic arms. That's one of our sponsors. They sponsor us with our rifles and pistols. And uh, normally what we'll do is we'll take a segment if we're shooting an Olympic arms gun, that particular show, we're going to talk about Olympic arms. Now, we're going to put at, at the end of the TV show all of our sponsors, and we'll talk about them at the end of the show. We have another gun sponsor. that is Air Force Air Guns. Well, if I do not shoot an Air Force Air Guns on this particular TV show, well, I'm not going to talk about it very much. Right. Probably won't talk about it at all but it would be at the end of the TV show. But what we're doing is that everything that we promote on our TV show is something that we use and we believe in. In other words, every time we go out with a camera, we're going to film our content. We're going to film the hunt from start to finish. Uh, we're going to film what we use, the bullets we use. The gun that we use, the optics that we use, the calls that we use—all of that's going to be in there. We're filming the content, um, you know, and you can just—you can just keep going on and on and on and on about things that you. But I don't want to take away from the TV show. Now, this is just me personally. I don't want to take away from the TV show and what we're trying to promote, which is, in our case, would be predator hunting. Uh, whether it's a coyote, a bobcat, a pig, or fox, a weasel, or whatever. And uh, I don't want to take away from the show to break in and say, well, you got this is a good product. You need to use it. To me, it's more important. And we do that all the time. We break in the show because we have sponsors that want that. I'm not saying anything wrong with it. I'm just giving you another idea. I'm sitting there holding an Olympic arms rifle, and I'm talking about Air Force air guns that don't fit. Use the content in your show. film your content. I have an olympic arms twenty five w s s m it's a u m a r it's an ultramag and um it's just a twenty five caliber winchester super short magnum It's phenomenal out to like four hundred yards and well, it would be foolish not to talk about that because a lot of people and i'm not saying a lot but there's still a lot of people out there that do not understand what a 25 WSSM is in an AR platform it's not like an AR-15 it's a souped up 25 caliber rifle a little short fat thing and it shoots mm-hmm. excellent that's one of the things that you want to cover while we're out there and if I just made or or Mac just made a good shot uh, and we're congratulating each other we're excited because we we, we called in a coyote or in one case we called in a coyote and this was the content this is the content I'm talking about we called we called in three coyotes they came up I'm sitting there excuse me I'm sitting there filming Max ready to shoot he said you ready I'm going to shoot the one on the left I said okay I never saw the one on the left
1: I'm filming (laughs) the other two over
2: here Oh no! and he goes bang and I went you missed him he said (laughs) he said no I didn't (laughs) And I'm going, I'm watching the two run out. And he said, the Olympic arm did its part. Right. And I turned around and looked at him. He said, you didn't get that shot. I said, you didn't shoot him. They're still running off right there. He said, he's laying right in front of me about 25 yards. I'm wow. wow. <laughs> so that, we threw in a little part right there about Olympic arms. That's a that's a little And a lot of people do that nowadays. They're starting to do that more and more and more. They talk about the product that they use. If we use a product on our show, I can assure you it is one that we believe in because we get stuff all the time. I just got two guns last week. All right, I'm going to shoot these guns. One of them I will never use on this show. Right. Because I don't like it. The trigger pull on is almost three-quarters of an inch. That is ridiculous. Pretty creepy, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's sharp. it's it's got a good solid path on it when you finally get to that point. But uh I don't like a long term all right. Enough about that. We could talk about that till who knows when <laughs> the Noah's heart really freezes and comes back to life or whatever, but uh, another thing that, that we do and if you're going to be filming you need to have A release form. You need to make a release form with your company name on there. And it needs, you can get them off the internet. They're easy to do. Get them off the internet. And everybody that is in front of the camera has got to sign a release form. That is to protect you, especially later on down the road. When we first started, one of the mistakes that I made is I didn't make everybody sign a release form. Well guess what? When you get to be pretty well known and you show a clip from an article or a clip from a, a show way back when I first got started, which was a very good clip and we really want to use it, well that guy says, No, you can't use it. I want five thousand dollars for you to be able to use that clip. Well wow. Well if he signs that release form, that does away with all that. So that's something else that you need to look for need to take care of. It's very important. It were it will protect you down the road. That's good. Uh,
1: what else do you want to cover on this segment that we're talking about? Basically we've covered, you know, educating the audience, um the way that we incorporate um products in and, and you know I think we've covered quite a bit.
2: Yeah. Well what about another thing that if we've got the time to cover it, and that's sure. building and shaping a team, yes, which is very important, like a Mac and Prowler. Well, I'll tell you how we got started. I knew the guy 10 years. We've hunted together lots, a lot of times. He called me one day, and he says, Bill, what am I good at? I said, predator hunting, why? He said, well, I'm good at predator hunting. You're good at video. Why don't we make a how-to video predator hunt?" VHS tape. I said, how about let's make it on DVD? <laughs> and that's how we got started. Yeah. Then we had to uh, expand out from that because after you start shooting shows, people started calling and said, you need to be on TV. We were actually shooting what we call clips of shows, and we were putting them on the DVD and doing it as a training and teaching tool. Then these other sponsors or potential sponsors started calling us, hey, we just saw your video and you were using our rifle or you were using our ammo. Uh, The first one to call was actually Olympic Arms. And he said, "Uh, you were using one of my rifles. And I said, yes, we were. He said, well, I would like to become a sponsor on your video. Well, then the next one to call was Winchester Ammunition. And Winchester called and said, you're using our three and a half inch number four buckshot. That's all y'all talk about how great it is. Uh, How about I send you a couple of cases of it? Well, we wouldn't going to say no. Right. (laughs) Well, after about four or five of these potential sponsors, we hadn't called anyone at that time. We had uh, four people actually called us, four companies that called us. And that's how we got started. And they said, you need when I say started, I mean started toward television. Because I told Mac I don't want to do television. Well, I've been doing it now for several years. But anyway, the uh, the ball kept rolling, and our sponsor said, "You need to be on TV." And I said, "The only way I'm going to be on TV is if y'all pay for it." So that's how the sponsorship actually got started, and then we started going out. Well, I'm spending my time looking for sponsors now. what do I do? I go find a guy that I bet through uh, Garquist. And uh, that's how your name come up, Dustin (laughs) Warren. Yeah.
1: That's that's crazy. That's how we met.
2: Yeah. And um, never seen you before. Invited you to go to the SHOT Show with us in Vegas, and that's where we met for the first time. That's
1: right. We did everything else over the phone and email.
2: Yep. And I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, but it worked out good for us. Right. Uh, and uh, I I did my research on on you before we ever went to that point because I had been burned before by people stealing money from me on the on the advertisement end of it. And your name come up, and I could not find anything derogatory from anyone that I contacted in the outdoor industry. So that's
1: how we got started. There's two things that I wanted to hit on while you're on this point is shaping your team with honest and and respectable and professional people but also, you know, approaching your sponsors. And I talk about that quite a bit in my book, um, you know, about approaching your sponsors and how to approach the sponsors and so on and so forth because they don't always come to you you know, right. unless they're small right. a lot of times, they're just getting started and looking for more exposure, but um, you know, that's that's a great testament to the quality of the video that Mac and Prowler's put out to have sponsors knocking at your door Yeah, you know, and, in to be a part and
2: also, one of the things that helped too, is we had a a guy who had a TV show that was on uh, Sportsman Channel and Wild TV across Canada and it was Living the Dream with Sparky Sparks M2D Camo he contacted us after we had already spent, I don't know, seven or $800 with him for uh, camo clothing, and he wanted to know if we was any good. I said, what do you mean, any good? He said, well, I'm going to the Predator World Predator Association in Illinois, so I want to meet y'all. I want you to bring some of your uh, videos up, so I want to see it. I said, okay. And so that's how we got M2D is as a sponsor, we went up and met with him and because we had spent several hundred dollars because we liked his
1: uh, camo. And it's and really good camo. It's really good camo. If you haven't checked out, it's, what does it stand for? Made to Deceive? Made the number two yep. and to Deceive? Okay. Yep.
2: Uh, and uh, he plugged in a, a DVD into his laptop. He watched about 30 seconds, and he said, you'll never buy another piece of camo from me. I'm fixing you with everything you want. Wow. And I said, you haven't seen anything. He said, I saw enough in 30 seconds. I said, what do you mean? He said, I saw a camera that was on a tripod that was steady, and it panned and zoomed all at the same time, and it was not shaky. So that means that you know what you're doing. Now, this is a guy that, has TV shows on the outdoor channel, the sportsman channel, Wild TV in Canada. And I'm talking, he goes all over the world hunting. And that quick, of course, he knew what he was looking at, and knew what he's looking for. And so he had us send him four clips and we were on
1: he put us on two of his television shows and aired them nationwide. It didn't cost uh, us And it's great when you can find a cooperative like that, you know, somebody that you can team up with that's been in the industry for a little while. You know, that's not a bad strategy.
2: Right. But he said something to me that struck a nerve, and I've heard you say it several times. Uh, Your sponsors are an important part of your show. Many shows cannot even produce their own show, let alone air it anywhere, if they cannot get sponsorship of some kind but you provide value, talking to me and Mac, said you provide value for your sponsors. Yes. I went, okay, I've never heard that before. But we talked about M2D Camo and how good it was, how much we liked it. Uh, We also talked about some of the things that we didn't like. On the M two D camo, there wasn't very much that we didn't like. So, you know, we try to cover the the realistic hunting situations. We show when the animal wins and we lose, and we show when we win and the animal loses.
1: (laughs) That's great. That's good. And you're right. That's that it's real life. I mean, and that's what a lot of people crave with outdoor shows, so many of them being scripted and being you know, a lot of shows are going to cinematic, you know, uh hunting shows and outdoor shows and fishing shows and that kind of stuff and and but you know, people really like authenticity, you know, uh genuineness. And yep. um yep. that's that's kind of how Mac and Prowler, you know, uh it rings so true because red blooded Americans you know, here, not just guys that are, um, you know, trying to trying to put one over on somebody. You know, we've all seen shows like that.
2: Yeah, and I've edited some of them, too, and I hate yeah. yeah.
1: So, <laughs> but, I mean, my, my key word is value, you know, as you talked about, for your sponsors and for your audience and for everybody involved because people plug into you more with value, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, 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 that's, that's perfect. That's exactly where I was headed with all this.
2: One of the things that, that you're looking for in, in a TV show, now that's, we're talking about you're wanting to start your TV show. Well, we're laying the groundwork here. There's so much more that you're going to need, but this is how you get started. You know, you get the best equipment you can. Uh, you, If you've got money, you don't need sponsors. But if you don't have the money to put it on whatever TV outlet you want, network that you want to put it on, then you've got to have a sponsor to do that. Uh We get clips all the time from people saying, "Hey, uh, want to put this on your website? Want to put? uh What do you think of this?" And uh, most of them, I'm actually unable to use because some of them are funny, but there's just not enough quality there that I would take a risk of promoting someone. And we've gotten some good ones too, and we're going to be sharing that within the next year. We're we're putting together a program now where we can do that, but. The main thing is this, you got to have the best equipment that you can afford, and I don't say that you have to go out and buy, (coughs) excuse me, I don't say you have to go out and buy a $30,000 camera, but you can't afford to buy a tripod to go with it, or a microphone to go with it, where you going to hunt, what you going to hunt, or where you going to fish, what you going to fish for, how you going to fish you're going to be doing fishing shows, you need a good underwater camera. It don't matter if it's black and white, but it looks better if it's in color. Uh, But you need to have an underwater camera. Uh, You need sponsors. You need an outlet, a venue, to show it at. That is, uh, you start, like we did around here, we took two or three little old bitty uh, towns that had a cable network in it and we said, we got a couple of TV shows want to know what it costs to air them on your TV outlet, like KTSS out of Hope, Arkansas. And uh, we made a deal with them, struck up a deal, we sent them 25 television shows. And But I had been making shows for a long time, and I knew exactly what I needed. You know, a a TV show, if it's going to be on satellite TV, there's some prerequisites for that. Everybody has a different format that you have to go by. You have to ask them what format you want it in. Most of them tell you I want it in. Tw- I want need exactly twenty eight minutes thirty seconds zero frames. There's thirty frames in a second, so you have to be able to edit exactly twenty eight minutes thirty seconds and zero frames. One frame is one thirtieth of a second, so you have to be able to edit within one thirtieth of a second. It's not
1: that way for for the internet. Right, that's what I was going to hit on next, is that, you know, Internet TV, is, is, it really wasn't recognized as a valuable platform years ago, but there's so many people on it now, and there's such an audience there. You know, if if you don't air anywhere else besides the Internet, that's fine. You know, there's plenty of yeah. great web TV shows, too, and it costs a whole lot less to do it on, on the Internet.
2: A whole lot less.
1: But here's another
2: thing. It does not need to be junk.
0: Exactly. There's a lot
2: of TV shows on the on YouTube and other places like that that I, I won't even watch, and it's not because they don't have good content. They they may have decent content, but the video may be horrible, or the audio may just be so bad you can't hear what they're saying. And I have shot a TV show like that. We uh Mac and I went out and and we shot four coyotes. Guess what? Wind's blowing about forty miles an hour, and I did not bring my shotgun mic. I left it at the house or at the studio, actually. But and we tried to shoot it, tried to make a decent show out of it. And I edited on that thing forever. And I finally just told him, I said, "Look, we ain't using this unless we got music playing over it, <laughs> or I just cut out all the audio and, and and put new audio in there." Well, I don't want to do that. I want to leave it as is, as we shot it. Because that is more real than going out and, and creating a fictitious show. I have the ability, because I've been doing it so long, I can make junk look good to, a, to an extent, and if the audio is bad, I can take all the audio out, off of the show, put new audio down, and it would take a astute professionals to find the glitch in it or the flaw in it. We call them glitches.
1: But I don't want to do that because it takes a long time to be able to do that. We both know that, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. had to had to take a lot of video and and try to try to edit something good out of it. You've helped me with a lot of it. I mean, you're the you're the way I got started in all this to begin with. So I I owe you a lot. Um, you know, it just uh, it's, it's definitely a process. You get an eye for the longer that you do it. And it's a learned yep. skill that you can pick up, and I'm sure you agree with that. I mean, it's a learned skill that you can Absolutely. pick up and, and get an eye for, you know, the more you do it. So it's a practice thing. And, I mean, you don't have to well, be like a guy like you and me that does it all on their own, shooting, hunting, fishing, whatever, and videoing and editing and everything. You know, you you can get other people to help you, but, you know, it's it's uh, you and I both like to like to have control, you know. Well, that's true. And I edit. A lot
2: for other people. And, uh, I'll tell you right up front, I charge $100 an hour to edit. On a normal TV show, it's going to cost you about 20 hours. That's $2,000. That's a lot yeah, of money. That is. Uh, if you're just getting started, I'll be glad to help anybody any way I can. Uh, another thing is, uh, naming the show i don't mean the title name i mean you, you can have a, a show uh uh our widget hunting we're going to go out and hunt widgets or whatever it doesn't matter or fishing for whatever like you know mac and prowl we're on the prowl and uh we're, we have a, a show called coyote Tales. t-a-l-e-s well that's not what i'm talking about when i'm talking about naming the show I'm talking about that particular show. What would you call it because of what you're shooting? For instance, uh, Pack and Prowler, First Coyote, hmm. Or Coyote, huh? First Kill with Olympic Arms, 25 WSSM. Close Encounter, uh, Shockwave. Uh, Shotgun Dog is another one.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we,
2: we name every show that we do. Every show has a different name because everything that we do in there is always different from the last show, normally speaking. Uh, And that way, and when I date it, when I save it in in my computer, and you need to start doing this immediately, is you save it with the year, month, and then day. And then write your title. It will put everything in perspective five years from now. (laughs) Yes
1: won't be to do it like
2: I was doing four or five years ago. I was going back and renaming every show because I could not keep up with it. Uh, that was a poor choice on my part. I did not figure that I would be using the stuff
1: again. That's yeah. valuable advice. I like that. Uh, another
2: thing is you need to have a, a good computer. Uh, it takes a PC to edit the TV show now. You can buy programs, you can buy software and hardware just for editing TV shows. I can tell you right now, it costs about $21,000 for, to get started in that. If you want to buy the good one, you're talking about forty-five to 80000 So, you know, whatever level you want to go in at, if you have a PC at home or uh, an Apple product, it should be able to, Handle anything that you're going to do, but it may be slow. Like my computer has, uh, let's see, it's got eight processors, a hundred and something gigs of RAM, and it has four, four terabyte hard drives in it and one two terabyte hard drive. That's big. Yeah, but when you're shooting HD, you can fill out it. When I I also shoot dance recitals and things like that. So this is Dan recital season right now, for me. I'll fill up this computer in two weeks. But that's wow. when you're shooting everything in HD. And that's what you want to do. You do not want to start out and buy an analog camera and shoot it in SD, because HD is the way to go. And Sony makes good cameras. I, I'm, I use Sony for years, still use Sony, but for my hunting products I use Canon. And main reason is it's because I I could get a Canon for about $1,000 cheaper than I could have Sony. That's the reason I went with Canon. And I use uh, Canon, too. A, they're, they're a great camera. Well, they're, they're good. They make good prosumer cameras. And for big television shows, they call them throwaway cameras. Well, I can't throw away a seven or eight or $10,000 camera. I just can't, I can't right. do that.
1: <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um it it just it boggles my mind how much goes into all of this, but you know, if you start with an authentic value, you know, system in your show, the content's pretty easy to to produce. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the easiest of all to produce.
2: After you get the content, how do you promote your show?
1: See, that's another whole category that we could get into in
2: an hour talking about just that.
1: Yeah, we could. No, you're right. And, and back to computers, I've got a Dell, um, a high-end Dell engineering computer. That's what it was built for when it was used, was right. business, high engineering, high output. It's got two fans on it. It's a high, you know, uh, quality computer. And you don't, I mean, I bought it for 350 bucks. You know, yeah. Uh, but, and it comes with all the bells and whistles about it used off leaf and it's a great computer, so you don't need to spend a lot, especially just starting out, you know, there's totally okay, to spend okay. Money. let's 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 stop right there.
2: How much have you got tied up have you personally I'm putting you on the spot, okay tied up in your shooting, editing and everything else, your computer, your camera, not counting your hunting equipment or anything, but microphones, the whole how much have you got tied up in your equipment?
1: I mean, I kind of operate on a shoestring budget, you I know, mean, probably
2: $1,000 maybe. Probably. That's pretty close, yeah.
1: Well, I'm sitting
2: here with 100000 Yeah. So, it, it's, just, and, and basically, you can do anything that I do. And I've, se- I've seen your footage. I've helped you edit your footage sometimes, or, you know, get you out of a jam you didn't know how to fix or something <laughs> like that. But yes, that was you when you first got started. Right, and now uh you, your shows are just as good as mine, and I'm sitting here with a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment, and you've got a thousand so there's point. there are you don't have to spend you use what you've got if you've got an old camera, use it, yeah, oh, use what you got Mac and i and 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 Dustin we're all believing this use what you got, don't go out and spend a lot of money on um stuff that you don't. I mean, we all want the best bells and whistles that there is out there, and I'm the world's worst to do that. But <laughs> whenever you stop and think about it, it does not take $100,000 to get started. You're I sitting there with a $1,000 worth of stuff, and you, after you learn how to do it, you, your shows are just as good as mine. I mean, they're entertaining. They're very educational. Uh, one of the questions that I would ask Anybody that's listened to this is, what are we teaching the next generation? I know that's a quote that you make all the time, and that's the reason yeah. I brought it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, I mean, we you never know who's watching. That's probably the, the biggest takeaway that I've learned over the years of doing this is, um, you know, what are you teaching and, and what influence are you having on on the uh, the mass audience, especially of of next generation. You know, um, that's right. a huge question.
2: Absolutely. Now, another thing is that I think that people would, would be interested in knowing, uh, it's a little bitty thing, but you live in south-central Texas, and I live in the northeast corner of Texas. And we converse for, uh, what, eight or nine months before we ever met? Almost close to a year? Yeah. And we were actually doing business before then, so you know it's not imperative. You don't have to be stuck in your little town if you live in a small town like I do. Uh, reach out and, and touch someone. Find some people. If you don't know how to get started, that's where Dustin and I come in. That's that's what we're here for. We're here to help you out. Right. And I, Dustin, you've written. What's the name of your
1: Uh, book that you wrote. I referenced it at the beginning of this podcast when I was doing the intro, the outdoor TV show's guide to the industry. Yeah, that's right.
2: For anyone that is getting started, that's the first purchase you need to make. Not a camera, not a tripod, but you need a little information to get you started. And there's a lot of it out there. Yeah,
1: But that is a good one to get started with. Thank you. And I, I did a video uh, called "So You Want to Start an Outdoor Show" that actually spurred, spurred the idea of the ebook back in 2013. And uh, that that video has gotten, I want to say, over 2,000 views. You know, I didn't. It's a very niche-specific video. But uh, yeah. it, it may be even more than that. But a lot of people that I've connected with through my book have uh, said, yeah, I watched you. I learned how to do a lot of stuff from watching your video. You know, I'm like, wow, I, you never know what what, what impact you're going to have on what you produce, you know, and whose exactly. life you get such, you know. that, And that especially rings true to the next generation, and we could do a whole new podcast on that, you know, on uh, the up-and-comers of our uh, society, you know. Um, just starting out, you know, what we can teach them through our footage as uh, outdoor professionals.
2: One of the things that I did not mention about the audio is that you need a good set of headphones.
1: Yes, and I've got if one need, sitting in my studio. Yep. Yep. You need to be able to
2: hear what you're actually recording because that camera does not know that there's a, uh, a train four miles away blowing his horn, but you can hear it from them headphones, though, and because we – tend to have a tendency to block out that stuff and you know normally i'll be out in the woods and i'll say man those birds sure are pretty and the person that may be with us go what birds he can hear them
0: (laughs) but he blocks
2: them out automatically he's listening for that deer to step on a twig or that pig to grunt or something like that that the headphones puts the audio
1: into your head and you hear
2: everything that the microphone hears
1: that is a big plush. And one of the last things I wanted to say is, you know, y- y- watch what you're doing. Test, do a couple of tests on, on filming and that kind of stuff with your setup and your, especially if you're going to do a string of videos like I like to do a lot of times because um, sometimes, like, for instance, I get an audio feedback on my wireless audio if my um, camera's plugged into the wall and, and charging mm-hmm. on the battery, you know. And so you got to watch out for those kind of things and, um and just shoot some test videos. Listen real carefully to your um, to your product, you know, produce footage, and uh, and you know it, it just goes from there.
2: Well, you got to be familiar with all of your equipment, just like you are your gun. If you're going hunting, you got to be just that familiar with your camera. You got to know. All right, I'm sitting here filming this deer. Like I was in South Texas when you on a ranch, and a guy was bow hunting. And he's a big time boat hunter and writes articles and all this kind of stuff and I'm sitting there filming all of a sudden this buck drops his ears back and bristles up and another buck walks into the scene and they're fixing a fight. Huh. And I'm filming all this. Well the little buck after about five or ten seconds of posturing all of a sudden he says I'm in the wrong place. It's time for me to go. Just snap your finger he broke and run, and I, I kept that deer in the frame the whole time till he ran out of sight and then panned back to the one that's still standing there going, why did he run off? I intimidated him. I'm the man now. About 15 seconds later, an arrow went through his lungs. <laughs> but you have to practice with your equipment. You have to know that uh, I can pan. I can zoom. I can catch that bird in flight, and I can keep him in the center of my my uh, viewfinder, and he's in the center of my frame, and how am I framing the pictures? So all of this stuff is just—it just—it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> the more that you actually do, uh you'll find out mistakes that you make. Hey, put the mistakes in there. This is real life. Yes. Mac, Mac, and I—whenever we do an interview, I can only think of one that we actually reshot. We do everything live. We do it one take. I do too. The for the you most people part. can
1: do that. I do as well. Yeah. yeah. It's just more genuine that way. It's, it's more authentic. and I mean, Exactly. So you, you learn as you go mis- with the rest of it.
2: Yeah. If he mispronounces a word, I'll kid him about it and we leave that on there and keep going.
1: Or if I, I, I love do
2: something stupid, you
1: know. I love when y'all do that stuff.
2: But I think we're
1: going to have to shut this down because I need to get on the road and uh,
2: we'll, we'll do another one of these soon.
1: Okay, thank you so much for uh, for your time and uh, for joining me on this podcast.
0: You are more than welcome. God bless. Talk to you later. Wow, that was a great interview. I really enjoy the tips and advice that Bill gave to us. Uh, I hope you found that as valuable as I did. I even picked up some new things from Bill that I can be doing on my videos and um, and the show that I've kind of created as part of Mac and Prowler's TV show. So, I'm excited about that. Again, the book is available at Dustin'sProjects.com. You can also check out some videos that Bill has done. His website's macandprowler.com or predatorhuntingtvshow.com. Macandprowler is spelled M A C A N D P R O W L E R or predatorhuntingtvshow.com. And thank you so much again for tuning in and listening to this podcast. And please stay tuned. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our channel and uh, check out all the other podcasts that are coming your way. Uh, that we're going to be recording soon. So thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful day in the outdoors.